All right, back on task here, friends. This is not Chris Finch's favorite part of the BetQL network because of our immaturity mm-hmm. levels, but welcome back yes. to BetQL <laughs> Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Don't forget you can watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL and on YouTube as well. And of course, you can listen live coast to coast, both on the BetQL network and inside your Odyssey app where you can rewind. If any you miss anything at all, can also go back and catch it as a podcast after the fact. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports. Talk a little bit of everything in about 20 minutes. Uh, back into some NBA thoughts, futures included, after Embiid goes off for 70 and Carl Anthony Towns for 62 last night. That in 40 minutes. And Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports to talk college hoops one hour from now. But prop shopping, let's get ready for the conference championship games. And the one thing we all seem to notice when looking at props for these two games is one market seems to be jumping already, and that is Brock Purdy passing yards. Brock Purdy passing yards now up to 274 and a half. That is a big bump from yesterday when I think we were sitting in the two mid-260s most places, including at BetMGM. So uh, 274 and a half right now is a big jump. I've got a few angles on AFC props and one in particular on the NFC side that I know we want to get to. Aaron's got a strategy she wants to discuss, but Joe, you've got a couple of ideas on the NFC side we should probably start with. Yeah, that Purdy one's interesting, especially since he hasn't reached that mark in the last four yeah. games. Maybe that's weather-related. Like, okay, hey, small hand, stinks in the rain. Seen this a few times. And then, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the tight end position. Of the four teams playing this weekend, Detroit is the worst by far. Uh, Yardage-wise, they've given up about 200 more than the other three teams going. Touchdowns, they've given up three to four more than all of the other teams playing. Over 1,000 yards allowed, uh, seven touchdowns to tight ends. Enter George Kittle. Had a pretty good game over the weekend. His prop set at four and a half receptions, 58 and a half yards. Now the touchdown number's down to plus 115. So the market's doing this. I bet on Kittle last week, and it was like 150, 160 range. And now we're down to plus 115 because of this the soft matchup. But so I'm, I like the yardage. I mean, we've given up over a thousand this year, and it's Kittle. And if it's Debo out there, it's going to be a hobble Debo. So more and more reason that uh, Kittle's going to be getting targeted in this game. So yardage, if I'm going receptions, yards, touchdowns, that's where I would go at 58 and a half. But I also noticed the longest reception. His longest reception last six games, five times he's had one of at least 32 yards. Remember the blown coverage we saw over the seat over the weekend. Um, the number's 22 and a half for longest reception. So against this defense, I need one pass to go for a catch and run of at least 23. That looks like a pretty good look to me. So a couple Kittle props, pretty uh, appealing early in the week. I like it. I was looking on the other side with a Lions player. We saw mm-hmm. what Aaron Jones was able to do, and they really couldn't stop him. 108 yards on the ground. Uh, the Niners just, I think they looked kind of shaky um, trying to stop the run. So give, I know it's tough. Montgomery gives what's going to happen, but I think Gibbs is the better back, and now would be the time to feature him and use him even more. 
I was looking at some different props. You could look at his total yardage. It's gone up at least a few yards. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway is every hour these are going up and up and up. There's just so few games to bet on that these numbers, especially with the star players, just keep going up. But uh, so I looked at a market where I'm like, okay, maybe people don't look at longest rush as much as they're just looking at his total yardage or touchdowns or something like that. So uh, Jameer Gibbs has gone over 14 and a half. Um, that's the longest rush prop 12 times this season. And that includes the playoffs. So I was thinking that could be a way to bet Gibbs. Um, I think he's more explosive than Montgomery and they did give yeah. up some explosive runs to Aaron Jones. So I think that's one you probably will have to bet early because it's probably going to keep changing. All of these are. That was one thing I was thinking. Is there a way like there's no props really listed for like, Jawan Jennings, but I was like, maybe we need to look at some players that people aren't focusing on that aren't star names to try to find an edge earlier in the week. Yeah, especially with Debo dinged up. I mean, that that's one that makes a ton of sense. I, I don't know if they'll get added to the board later in the week, depending on the continued news about Debo, but that's, that's one to keep an eye on. The one th- that mm-hmm. I um absolutely love is because there's multiple ways to get there is golf over 263 and a half um he's hit that in five of his last six like I, again if the lions are going to win you're right the thinking should be let's let's shorten this game let's balance things out with gibbs and montgomery let's run the ball some but I, I wonder if they're going to be able to do that against San Francisco. And if it's not going to just come back to Goff has to sling it all over the yard 45 times and hope to keep pace with San Francisco. That's that's one script, right? The other script is they get down early and they just have to throw all day. And so Goff over 263 and a half, um, mm-hmm. again, over that in five of his last half dozen games. I think there's multiple ways you get there, which is why it makes a ton of sense. Okay. Yeah, like- uh Aaron's point on the running back. So we talked a little bit about this off air yesterday. Uh, I, I'm leaning that way. And I'm just, where do you want to go with the running backs? Like, it makes sense. How do you move the ball against the Niners? You run at them. You got to run at them. And the Lions have a great offensive line and they love to lean into the run. Dan Campbell, big fan of that. Ben Johnson's been doing it all season long. So which guy do you go with? She, you're right. Gibbs is definitely the best running back, but for some reason, Montgomery's still getting more playing time. That that's where I have a tough time. Like even against Tampa Bay, Montgomery's out there fifty six percent of the snaps. Gibbs thirty six percent against the Rams, fifty four percent, thirty four percent. They still lean on Montgomery. So I was looking at touchdowns. Montgomery has a touchdown in twelve of sixteen games this year and he's plus 155. Gibbs did not score in the first four weeks. But since then, he has a touchdown in 10 of 13 games. Plus 145. Almost the same price. Plus 155, plus 145. Is it crazy to just bet on both? I mean, there's a chance neither of them score. But it feels like every game, one, one, if not both of them are scoring. Correct. I like that. I would that's, definitely that's a, that. I, I mean, you're right. You get a, again, they're going to have to move between the 20s. Goff is the key. I think 
Now, what, if we talk about them actually being effective on the ground, the the biggest opportunity for effectiveness is down in the red zone, especially with Montgomery added to the mix. Once we get down inside the 10, down inside the five on the goal line, that's where he starts to come into play. Um, I don't know if the Lions are necessarily going to piece together a bunch of long drives against San Francisco's defense, but they're going to have to do it at least once or twice if they want to make a game of this. And they're going to end up with those red zone opportunities. They capitalize on those red zone opportunities so far in the playoffs. I think that's a great play, knowing that they're going to go that direction. Again, once they are down inside the 10, down inside the five, especially with Montgomery and Gibbs. Um, Let's pivot to the AFC side and the early game. Uh, I got a couple on this one. First of all, I, I know it, what, he's only scored on the ground, I think, once in like the last 10 weeks. But he did it twice this past weekend against Houston. And I, Lamar's even money still for an anytime touchdown. Maybe that's foolish of me. Maybe I'm, I'm going too much recency bias here. I really like Lamar even money anytime touchdown. Maybe the play instead is, is Gus Edwards. Again, because we're talking about the Ravens trying to piece together drives, not necessarily going big plays. They get down inside the 10, inside the 5. They turn around, they hand it off. Gus Edwards is plus 140. Hasn't scored a touchdown in the last two games, but he had three straight in the three games before that. So Lamar and or Gus on an anytime touchdown at even money or better. Um, the other one that I'm a huge fan of is Mahomes under passing yards. It's a 243 and a half right now. Baltimore has only given up 250 passing yards four times this year. That's it. That's all. Um, we know the questions about the receiving core. Rasheed Rice did not look 100% for much of the second half of that game in Buffalo. And I just, I don't think that's the key. And I also don't think, you know, when he talked about different avenues, different paths, for example, Goff to get over his passing prop at 263 and a half, there's multiple ways to get there. There's the A, that's the way they decide to go with the offense on Sunday night version. There's also the much more likely path of, we're going to be down to the Niners. We got to throw the ball a lot. Um, as far as the Chiefs go, I don't think the Chiefs are getting down big to the Ravens at any point in this game where they have to throw the ball all over the yard to get back into it, where they have to chase the scoreboard. So Mahomes under 243 and a half, I really like as well, Joe. I'm glad you brought up Lamar rushing touchdown because I was thinking about that same angle. Mm-hmm. So we expect the Ravens to run the ball, but where is it going to go? Is it going to be Lamar? Is it going to be Gus, Justice Hill, like which – Cook, which guys are they going to use? I was surprised to see that he has a rushing touchdown in only four games this year. I did not realize it was that few. And he's just barely plus money. So I think that's going to be a popular bet. Before this playoff game this past week, he went nine straight games without a rushing touchdown. I was like, what? That's crazy. Um. So are they, did they save him for this moment? We're like, okay, now it's worth it. Now it's worth putting your body on the line. Like we're going to see more of it or they go in the opposite direction. My, my angle would be if you're going to bet this, bet Lamar two plus touchdowns at plus 750 because wow. when he runs it, the value, yeah. he's got a rushing touchdown in four games this year, right? Three of them, he's got two. So when he runs it, he runs, he runs it, it yeah. and he's sticking yeah. with it. And it's going to be a Lomar game or maybe half your bet on the two plus. Just, I thought that was interesting that 
four games as a rushing touchdown. Three of them, he's gotten two touchdowns. I like that. I also saw some interesting, uh, like, advanced metrics from PFF about the Chiefs just being really bad. Um, their run defense against quarterbacks. So they finished 26 in EPA per rush allowed and 28th in success rate allowed on red zone reads and designed quarterback rushes. So if you like Lamar to rush some uh, touchdowns, I think that's good. The one thing that's also, he had 100 yards, obviously, against the Texans, but his prop has gone from like 57 and a half all the way up to 63 and a half as we sit here right now. So it looks like people are really uh, betting his rushing yard prop over. But I like What's, the quarterback but, two plus rushing touchdowns. <clears throat> And what's his 63 and a half is the yardage prop right now. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing. You go back and look, and he's hit that one, two. He's only hit that five times this year. So, again, I, I think it's this, this push and pull that I mentioned of recency bias and what we saw from Lamar last week. And the idea, I think, that Joe brings up of, of hey, if you're going to believe in it, if you're going to lean into that, right, then – go ahead and dive in and, and, and squeeze that much more value out of it, which I really like. But then also this idea of, and, and John Harbaugh, I think has always been really good at this. Like as much as every head coach in the NFL coaches week to week, and it's about this week and this game only, and that's what we're preparing for. And, you know, they, he, he thinks long game, I think better than anybody else, almost anybody else in the game. And he, I don't doubt for a second that he's thinking about things in week three and week four that people are going to look at and see on film in week 16 and week 17 and maybe even into the playoffs, right? And that's when you take advantage mm -hmm. of the fact that you've been showing them one thing for three or four months, and then all of a sudden it's right back the other way. And Lamar scores two touchdowns on the ground, much like he did, hasn't done since, oh, you know, late September, early October, right? And as Lamar has gotten more comfortable in this offense, more comfortable with Todd Munkin, Munkin has gotten more comfortable with Lamar, they're starting to find, I think, a sweet spot. And that's that's where I come around on, you know what, Lamar, a, at least a touchdown on the ground. Like you said, Joe, multiple touchdowns on the ground. That's where I really start to become a fan of that bet, even though, like you said, nine weeks in a row without a touchdown on the ground before last week. I want to throw one out there off the beaten path. And, and I heard this brought up on Brad Spielberger's show, uh, friend of this show. Uh, and it was an interesting angle. Nicole Hardman. Does he touch the football? After what happened on Sunday, does he even touch the football? Does he get an opportunity? His numbers, nine and a half receiving yards since late November, since Thanksgiving, he's gone over nine and a half receiving yards once and that was the meaningless game against the Chargers. Mm. Unders. 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 Yeah, I like maybe. it. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Let's talk about some of this with Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports. Also, maybe get his thoughts on Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns going off last night. That and so much more on the way right here, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily.